Welcome back to the Slutrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Anna D, aka The Professional Goddess, here to empower women to build their own empire and interview sluts who like to make money. On my podcast, I give you a peek inside my life as a girl boss, mentor, retired cam girl, viral TikToker, and now 1% OnlyFans creator. I share my ups and downs of running a multi-million dollar business and the difficult yet sexy path to success. So, my dear slutchpreneurs and my boss bitches in training, grab your notebooks, put on your crown, and if you're a new listener, it's an honor to have you here. Get ready to take a peek inside my pleasure chest. Riley Russo is a traveling Canadian sex worker, proud stripper, OnlyFans creator, and specializes in the pegging fetish. Who's ready to peel back all the layers of this slutrepreneur? Welcome to the show, Riley. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So tell us, are you born and raised in Canada? What's it like over there? Yes. I mean, I love Canada. I always have. It's cold in the winter. I hate that. But other than that, I do love it here. Yeah, it's great. I moved all over like the western side of Canada, but I still love it here. So do you travel for work mostly in Canada? You ever come down to the States? Yeah, I'm mostly in Canada right now. I might go down to the States at some point one day, but right now it's just in Canada. I think I'd have to get like a work visa to come to the States. So when did you start indulging in the slut lifestyle? Were you just born a slut or did something happen that you were like, fuck the normal world, I'm going to have way more fun? What what was the trigger moment for you? I don't know if there was like a specific trigger moment, but I know when I was like in high school and stuff, I was always a very like sexual person. And for a long time, I was kind of, I guess, ashamed of it, like because of stereotypes and just being bullied by like mostly other girls and uh eventually like one day I was just like fuck it like who cares like I'm an adult I can be sexual if I want to and I might as well make money off that at the same time. Were your parents suppressing your sexuality or or did you feel like you were in an open household? Kind of middle ground I guess I would say like my mom is pretty I was mostly raised by my mom she was a single mom but she's pretty open But she still was a little, like, she always kind of advised me to not be overly sexual, I guess. But she's pretty understanding that that's okay. It took her a little while to warm up to the fact that that's just kind of part of who I am. But she's okay with it. So what was your first journey in getting into the adult industry? Where did it start? Did you start? I know currently you're you're stripping and you have an OnlyFans. Did it start with stripping? Did it start with online work where was your beginning I guess probably the like the very first time would have been like a a sort of acquaintance that I knew would like buy pictures off me and then that was kind of the very first sort of dipping my toe into sex work and then I started doing like I did some camming a little bit what campsite did you use I tried a little bit of chatterbait and then my free cams I think there was another one too I can't remember the name of it though Are you still active on those sites? No, I don't do the camming anymore. Was there something that made you stop or were you just having more joy in other places? I was just having more joy in other places. I wasn't that into the camming. I didn't enjoy it very much. So how did you get into the realm and the world of pegging? The real real juice of today. Yeah, I guess it started because I have a friend who does a lot of like fetish type stuff, like full service, like 
Um, she does a lot more like dominatrix type things. Uh, that's not really my, I'm not that good at that kind of stuff, but I thought I'd just try it out, like try posting ads in the kink and fetish area. And I just happened to get a lot of requests for pegging stuff. Where, where were you posting and what did, what did those ads look like? Was it on sites that were like sex related or was it like in the old day when people would post to Craigslist and have to like decode everything? Yeah. So in Canada, anyways, we have a site that's very similar to what Backpage used to be and it's called Leo List and you can post ads there and you don't really have to be very sneaky on there. Like you can be pretty upfront with what you're saying and they have a section for like kink and fetish postings so I just posted in that section how does this relate to Canadian law is it technically lawful to do that or is it still kind of under or behind the curtain uh it's a little bit complicated in Canada but we our laws are under like what's called the Nordic model I don't know if you've ever heard of that but basically it's legal for us to sell sexual services but it's illegal for people to buy them (laughs) what does that even mean (laughs) yeah so it's weird it's a little bit weird like what we're doing is allowed but our customers aren't doing anything that's allowed so it's kind of weird and it makes them a little bit more nervous and jumpy that's interesting and that's that's really weird as they they provide laws and protection for you guys to be able to produce and and do the front end of it but then they have laws so your your clients can't that's that's weird it's kind of the opposite here like the the sex workers are never protected the clients correct yeah yeah and like when it's kind of recent I think it was in like 2014 that they did that so it hasn't been very long but at first I was kind of excited like I was like oh that's awesome but over time, I've, I've realized it's not that awesome because our clients are still breaking the law and they're still being criminalized. And I don't really support that. How would the payment work for that, If especially if it needs to be more discreet for the client? Is it typically cash only? Yeah, it's it's been typically cash only because they're like I do. I would take e-transfers and stuff because I would like to get deposits and stuff when they want to book. But most of them aren't comfortable with that because they don't want me to find out like their real name or anything like that. So when you're making this listing on the website, are you having your friend help you write up your the what services you provide? Or are you looking at other listings and kind of piggybacking what other people are doing to to get that traffic? Like what was that experience like getting your first sale? So yeah, I mostly just looked at other ads and saw what other people were saying and then kind of molded it to my own personal words and the things that I like wanted to do or specialized in I guess and then you usually like write any restrictions that you have like things that aren't okay on your ad and then like your prices and stuff. So when you were setting up these ads was pegging something that you were very forward with that you would be willing to do? Or is this something that clients were more coming to you with and wondering like, hey, do you like, do you offer this service? I included it in my ad. So I already had like multiple strap-ons and different sizes and stuff. So I was like, well, I might as well offer this service. And so I included it in my ad. So what were you using those strap-ons previously for? Some of them... I just had, I just have a lot of sex toys and um, some of them I'd used with girls and stuff because 
my partner and I are in the swinger lifestyle. So we okay. play with lots of different people. Okay, interesting. Because I'm wondering like what, you know, pegging is pretty an extreme jump to get to for in person, I'd say. So I'm, I'm wondering what the vibe was like before we got there. So you already had like a comfort level with using the device. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great point for me to ask one of the questions our sluts have. So we let them know that we were interviewing you and we were going to be specifically talking about pegging. So I have a few questions. Um, And one of those was they were asking if you had the toys, if you bought new toys for partners, or if you just utilize like condoms to keep it safe and keep the the toys clean between clients and partners. Yeah. So I I always use condoms on them uh, just because I feel like that's cleaner and safer. Do you screen these clients before you see them or do you have a process to protect your safety? Yeah, I try to. So usually I would ask them for at least a photo of them so I know what they look like so that like when they arrive, they are the person said they were. Um, Usually they're not comfortable giving me their real name, but I try to do my best. If they have like worked with other sex workers, I try to get like references if I can. So is there anything else you do to protect your safety like during a session? So I never would have them at my house where I live. I always rented um, like an apartment. Like there was one apartment I rented from a guy who knows sex workers and he rents to multiple sex workers. And then there was an apartment that I shared with like four or five other girls who we would like book times where we would have it. And then we'd had like a calendar. So we knew when someone else was going to be there and like when we could use it. What about during the session? Like if something were to happen, is there a protocol? Like, do you have like a lifeline or someone that's checking in on you? Or are you just not really worried about it? So I always told my partner, like what time it would be starting, what time it was supposed to be ending at. And I shared my location with him so he knew where I was. And if I wasn't in that spot, then he could come find me if I was somewhere else. Uh, Other than that, I usually actually felt like pretty safe. Most of the clients I had were normal, nice guys. They were respectful and I never felt unsafe. How many clients have you pegged? Not that many because most of them were like regulars. So they would come back. But I would say it wasn't a lot of like different clientele. It was the same ones that were kind of like, yeah, I know this. This is what I want. You do it well. I'm going to keep coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of regulars. Like I didn't see different people every day or anything. Do you have any interesting stories about some of those clients or those experiences? Or was there ever a time that they they wanted something in a session and you were surprised by it or it was a new experience for you? surprised not really because usually we would work out exactly what they wanted before I met up with them so there usually wasn't any sit in the moment but there was one client that I was a little surprised at how big he was willing to go because I had lots of sizes and he and usually like the biggest one that I have is like I don't it's probably like a foot long and like monster and very and very like stiff it's not like a flexible one it's very stiff and very straight in (laughs) yeah and I was very surprised most of the time people I'd show them that one and they'd be like oh maybe not that big that's that's too big (laughs) did he did he even want lubricant yes yeah yeah he did use lubricant but I was genuinely surprised I was like wow this is impressive so is there much in your, like, I feel like there's like a dance before you get down into the insertion. Is there a type of foreplay or routine that 
you kind of utilize before, you know, you just dive that dick in. <laughs> yeah. So usually, you know, they'd arrive and we would sit and talk for a little bit, make sure that we're both comfortable and everything, maybe get a drink and then usually some foreplay, maybe some like making out and stuff like that. And then, and then I'd sort of show him the options, like what different sizes and shapes and stuff that I had. And they would usually start with like kind of the smallest one and go from there. And you then... mentioned that dominating wasn't really your forte to an extent. Do you, but don't you feel like with pegging that there is a lot of dominance involved? Yeah, it, it is a little dominating, but it's just not like the really intense, like dominatrix, like humiliating and like um, BDSM type type style of so these clients weren't necessarily like while you were pegging they weren't wanting you to like talk down to them they weren't they that's not the the vibe that they were going for they just wanted it in their ass or wanting some yeah. like romantic vanilla pegging yeah it was kind of more like that it wasn't really like a, a humiliation kink or anything like that interesting interesting okay another let me look at these slut questions so one of our sluts was wondering how can a first-time harness wearer, so somebody that might be about to peg someone, how can they best prepare for their experience and to be on the side of giving? I guess I would personally try out maybe a different, a couple different kinds because there are a lot of different kinds and some of them fit differently on different people. So you probably want to try them on like before you're in the moment and like about to do it because... Uh, if you're like having a hard time getting it on or like it's not fitting right, it might kind of ruin the moment. Do you like the ones that have like the adjustable straps on them that stay on really tight? Because yeah. I've also seen the kinds that are like shorts that you can put on. Yeah, I haven't tried the ones with the shorts, but I would like to because I feel like those would be pretty comfortable. But I do use I use the ones with the adjustable straps. They're fine, but I do would like to try the uh, the ones with the shorts as do you have any, so while while one slut was asking about prep as the harness wearer, do you have any suggestions in prep for the people getting pegged? Yeah, so if they're, get, if they're getting pegged, I would suggest probably not eating right before. Makes sense. And maybe even like doing like an enema or something to clean yourself out and prepare. I usually got clients to like clean up when they arrive, like maybe take a shower and just kind of make sure they're not coming from work or something like that. And make they're sure kind they're of fresh. ready to go. Yeah. Does anything ever disgust you about a situation that you like to share? Um, I don't know about like disgust more than like, it's sometimes it's expected. Like there will be a little bit of something like on the condom and stuff after. So it's expected. And that's kind of just part of the job, I guess. That's um, fair, when, when they're not fully emptied yeah. out. The enema didn't do yeah. its full job. I'm just always yeah. curious if, you know, with in-person sex work, I feel like there's opportunities to feel naturally repulsed by people. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I understand, like, you know, especially if they aren't sending you a photo of them or some sorts, like, it would be difficult for me to shut off that natural ability of compatibility, I suppose. I mean, I know it's a job and you're going in to do a job, but do you, you feel like you kind of have to put on this mask or act and kind of, what's the word, um, disassociate at all? Or is it something that you genuinely really find pleasure in overpowering them? Or is it just another day 
at the office? Yeah, it kind of depends. It depends on the day, I guess. Like there would be some days where I was just like not feeling it and stuff. And I kind of have to put on a mask and just like pretend for a while. Um, And then there would be other days where I'd definitely be into it. And then it would depend on the person too. Like I did do other in-person sex work where it was just like regular sex. And like sometimes I just wasn't into whatever client and I had to just pretend. But other times I really enjoyed spending time with them. So it Have just... you ever had any clients that once, maybe on the first time that they've met you for for a service, you just like either you got a weird vibe or like they didn't respect your boundaries and you just had to go ahead and end it on the first time without services being rendered? Yeah, so there was this one guy who always... Like, he always wanted me to be, like, inebriated, basically. Like, he wanted me to, like, be fucked up when we met up. And I thought maybe I'd just, like, pretend to be because I wasn't fully comfortable with that. But then when he got there, I just got, like, a weird vibe from it. And I think I could kind of tell that he knew that I wasn't actually and I felt uncomfortable with that. And so then I ended it right there no that's fair that's a that's a big red flag he just kept texting me and trying to meet up more and I just wasn't interested hit him with the block yeah (laughs) how does rates or pricing go for a session is it based on time or the service yeah it's based um on time so it's per hour if they want to do like multiple hours you can like Spring is in the air, lovelies, and with it comes a fresh wave of energy, blossoming flowers, and endless possibilities. But you know what puts an extra skip in my step? My fabulous partners at Viahem. Trusted by a whopping 250,000 plus goddesses just like you, Viahem's products are just like a magical wellness wand in a bottle. Feeling a bit frazzled after a hectic day? Cue the Via gummies for instant relaxation. Battling stress and anxiety? Don't worry, there's a gummy for that too. And for those intimate moments, Via has concocted something truly special. High Love Gummies, infused with pleasure-boosting cannabinoids, libido-reviving herbs, and just the right touch of THC, these gummies are your ticket to an electrifying experience between the sheets. But wait, there's more. Via offers an array of other gummies, with or without THC, catering to every goddess's needs. Whether you prefer a subtle 2mg dose or a bolder 50mg kick, Via has your back. From improving sleep to sharpening focus or aiding in recovery, there's a gummy for every occasion. And the cherry on top? You can easily browse and shop their collection online, categorized by strength and effect. And here's the best part, darling. Via ships discreetly to all 50 states, right to your doorstep. No medical card needed. So go ahead, indulge in a little self-care spree with Via Hemp, because you deserve nothing but the best goddess. Head over to viahemp.com and use code goddess to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies 21 and up only that's viahemp v-i-i-a-h-e-m-p.com and use code goddess at checkout please support our show and tell them we sent you take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from viahemp now back to the show you'll usually work out like a sort of discount if they want like a full like overnight thing that can be like a set price what do your rates normally look like so 
everyone kind of has their own rate. Like there's a range usually, but it's usually between like 200 to $400 an hour, depending on what kind of services you want to provide. Do you have a memory of like your most like bankroll night that was just a surplus of money? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there was it was one guy in particular and I only saw him for like two hours. But I think he paid me like $2,800 or something. Do you use all your strap-ons on him? That one actually, I didn't use any strap-ons on. Like that was, I think that's why it stands out because I, we barely did anything. And he just was paying me a lot of money just for my time, I guess. He just want your company. Did you guys do a lot of sexual things in that encounter? Or was it just like... Because I know sometimes people will have, be it at the club or be it something, someone wants a VIP and then they like, they don't want to lap dance. They want to sit there and talk. So was it, yeah. was it spending time together or a little bit of both or? It was a little bit of both. It was mostly like spending time together and just kind of like talking about sex. Like, just like, like he just wanted to like ask me questions about sex and like what kind of things I liked and things like that. So in my head, I'm like, how do you turn that guy into a repeat customer? Yeah. So I tried to, and then, so he was a visiting, like, in my city. He lived somewhere else, so I tried to, like, see him again before he left, but then he left before he had time. I guess he was here for work or something. So with this foreplay, before you peg, do you do any, like, fingering of the anus at all, or do you put your mouth down there, or is that a boundary, depending on what they're paying? I don't put my mouth down there, just because that's, I'm not comfortable with that. I will do a little bit of fingering with, like, some lube and stuff and just get them kind of warmed up and comfortable. What's your longest term client that you've held? I know you said a lot of the ones you've had were were repeats that have stayed with you. Do you have any clients that you now had for years coming back to you? Um, So I have two, I guess. One that was, there, there weren't any like pegging customers that I still see now, but there's two that I kind of still will sell like pictures and videos to that I used to see in person a little more often. Um, And one of them also likes to come to the club and like watch my shows and stuff. So when you, when you've had clients before that have been interested in your pegging services, was most of it ones that had already been pegged and knew this is exactly what I like and I want, or was it more of clients who had probably had this as a fantasy, but had never gotten the chance to act it out in person. Most of the ones I actually ended up seeing had done it before and like knew that they liked it. But I did get a lot of people who would reach out to me and like they wanted to do it and they hadn't tried it yet. And usually those ones didn't actually come to fruition. I think that they were, they would be like in the mindset where they're like, yeah, I want to do this. And then as it came up to actually like booking it, they'd get a little bit nervous and scared and like back out so are a lot of these pegging experiences they are coming to fruition like they are coming and are they i'm curious if they're like jacking themselves off while you're pegging them or do they just kind of come without even touching themselves yeah most of the time they are like jerking themselves off and doing that while i peg them so sometimes i would also do it like help them it just depends on what they were more into and what position we were in and stuff. We did have a slut asking um, what prostate milk was. So I'm assuming some of that could have been intertwined with the work if you were the one that was doing it. Yeah. So it's pretty much 
the same thing. Um, the prostate is a little bit, it's pretty close to the entrance, so it would be a little bit more fingering, probably. Uh, maybe a small, like, dildo, but since it's pretty close to the opening and it's, like, kind of upward, fingers are best for that. What advice would you give our listeners if they are interested in pegging with their partner for introducing that conversation? I definitely would say start, like, don't do it in the moment. Like, don't be, like, you know, about to have sex and then be like, hey, you want to do this? Uh, I would suggest probably, like, sitting them down, like, sitting down, like, outside the bedroom and saying, hey, so I have this fantasy I'd really like for us to try it would it be something you might be interested in we could start slow start with something small you know what do you think and be like curious about it and like really open and like positive about it I guess what are your thoughts about like the stigma that guys assume that they're that they're gay if they're having anal sex well I mean I hate that that's a stigma because I feel like if more guys we're comfortable with that. They're, like, I feel like a lot of guys are missing out on such a pleasurable and good experience because of that, like, stereotype. So I do wish that more guys could just be a little more open and a little more comfortable. I feel like that's sort of, like, a toxic masculinity trait that I would like to get rid of. 100%. How is your pegging content translated on OnlyFans? Is that a type of content that you offer on your page? I do. There isn't too much of it on there. I have had a couple like custom video requests to do like videos of me wearing a strap on and just kind of like showing it and like talking dirty and stuff like that. But it's not very often because I'm I'm struggling with that. I basically had a fuck a pillow the other day with my strap on. So I'm trying (laughs) to find like a body form to to emulate me pegging someone virtually yeah it's kind of a tough one to do for videos unless you have like like maybe if you had like one of those fake butts that you could Mm -hmm. use but I don't have one of those but yeah there's like some dirty talk and sort of just me showing what it looks like when I wear one and stuff like that but it's not very often I feel like it makes for great photos because mm-hmm. I know you did a set of content recently where you, you dropped a slew of photos of you with your strap on, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, all right." I didn't, I didn't know I had that confidence in me. Girl, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. Uh, I think I don't know if I posted one of them on Twitter or not, but like once I put that dick on, I was like. Oh, shit. Like, if I didn't... I mean, I'm kind of the same way when it comes to dominating and humiliating. I There's some days I can be in the mood to do it, but once I put the strap on, on I was like, okay, now I'm Superman. <laughs> All of you. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you feel that way when, when you put on your precious hardware? It's, a, it's definitely... A di- like, when you put it on, it's like you feel like a different person almost. Like, you're like, wow this is what it's like to have a dick. This is cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it, all, it definitely gets my blood going for myself. Yeah, yeah. So what is, do you share this side of your life with your family or what do your friends think about it? Is it just, um, are, are you like the weird one in the group or is it pretty normal <laughs> in your circle? I'm def. I would say I'm definitely the weird one in the group. My family, I don't really share stuff. Like I don't like tell them stories or anything like that, but Pretty much all of my friends know all of the details and I don't know, they love hearing the stories. So I don't really 
I'm not interested in being friends with people who I would have to hide that part of myself from. Yeah, I'm very open with my friends. Like, they know everything. And, like, my best friend, like, she talks about all the time, like, how crazy my sex life is and how sometimes she's jealous of that. But, like, she loves hearing the stories. My kinky cannabis queens, come get your freak on and shop the first adult head shop on the internet. TheHornyStoner.com offers the glassware of your dreams. From beginner vibrators to expert anal trainers, enhance your self-pleasure journey. Are you a pothead princess? Wrap yourself in luxury with the gold rolling papers, vintage ashtrays, and stash jars fit for a queen. Maybe it's time to enhance your bubble bath routine with a silicone rubber ducky water pipe. It can float in the tub while you rub-a-dub-dub. Make your pussy proud and support your local dildo dealer at thehornystoner.com. Now back to the show. So does Mama Bear know that you're in this lifestyle? Does does she have any interest in, in talking about that with you or wondering where all this money's coming from? I don't think she has any interest in talking about it with me. Sometimes I don't think she totally like gets how much money I make because she still is like, well, like, be like, oh, do you have enough money for this? Do you need me to send you money? Like, I can give you some money for that. And I'm like, no, mom, I'm fine. I'm good. I have a job. I work. <laughs> Did the conversation ever arise? Like, does she know you're a sex worker? She knows some stuff. Like, she, I think she just kind of, like, has an idea that, like, I do, like, my job is kind of different and weird and, like, but she just doesn't want to ask. I don't think she wants any of the details. It's one of those things where, where she knows if she starts asking the questions she has, she might wish she hadn't asked the questions she yeah. has. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about money. How are you investing your earnings? Are you setting yourself up for retirement? Are you investing in stocks? What what does your money management look like as a sex worker? So I have like a business account set up for my banking and everything. And then I pay myself a wage out of that every two weeks because then I have it like on paper because I want to buy a house like within the next year. If I don't have like income on paper, it can be a lot harder to get a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Thinking, thinking in advance. LLC that pussy. Yeah. So I'd love to hear some more about things you have in the works for the future. I know something in some of our initial conversation, you had mentioned that, let's see, you were hoping to maybe study psych and possibly become a sex therapist at some point. Is that something that yeah. might still be in the in the works for you? Yeah. So I'm actually, I just started school on September 1st so I'm like a couple weeks in with congrats yeah so I'm excited about that and yeah so like obviously the first year is just gonna be like general psychology and then hopefully I can specialize in like human sex sexuality and stuff like that and yeah I told some of my friends like this past weekend and they were like that would be so perfect for you if you became a sex therapist I could totally see that so I hope that is where I can come here I mean, you definitely are doing some sexual healing in those assholes. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> you did mention a, a little bit about crypto, and I feel like it's such a foreign topic, especially when it comes to being paid in crypto. Has that something that you've ever yeah. dabbled in, or are you more of an investor? Yeah, so actually the site that I use to post my ads, I paid for those with crypto because I think they're trying to avoid any like legality type things so 
that's mostly how you pay for to post the ads because you have to pay like it's not very much it's like a couple bucks but yeah so i would have to use crypto for that and how then... do you manage your crypto do you use an app like um i know with cash app you can use bitcoin there's uh different apps for like wallets and whatnot yeah so i use like an app on my phone for a lot of it what's it called Binance is what it's called. Binance. Binance. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, so I have like a sort of group of friends that I have like a group chat on like Discord with and we talk about crypto type stuff and that's the app that we all use and we kind of exchange ideas and stuff and I don't know, I talk to them like all like most days too. I have one more out of my personal personal thoughts. Um, so I was doing a quick little stock of your social medias earlier, um, and I wanna I want you to tell me where the inspo came for your your new coffee table. I believe coffee table. Oh. Coffee table. <laughs> what coffee table? Yeah, she's got a nice oh. coffee table in her house. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah. So um, I had my birthday party this past Saturday because today. Yes, it's your birthday. birthday. It's your birthday today. Happy birthday. Thank you. And so my partner and I threw like a sex party because most of our couple friends are swingers. And our other friend gave us this coffee table with like the glass over top and it had the four different like drawers. And we were like, well, why don't we like make it like sexual and stuff? And then the, the two like old Playboy magazines or whatever. I've just had those for I don't even know how long they've just been here. And I was like, these need to be in here. And then we just kind of made one drawer for like lube and massage oil and stuff. One for like dildos and vibrators. It looks like um, a table. It looks, how do I explain this? It, it looks like um like when you pull out a makeup drawer and it has like different compartments. So you have like yeah. your toys and all this stuff in it. And then you have a glass piece on top of it. So it can be yeah. as, as a table. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I love, love that. that. We've got, we've got some toys. We've got some lube in one. You said some, what was it? Vintage Playboys in another. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I was, I just saw that earlier and I was like, Oh, I have to ask her about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if there was anything like that inspired it. We just like, we saw it and we were like, this is a good idea. We should do this. <laughs> I love it. Beautiful decoration. So do you yeah. have any advice to our slutchpreneurs if they are interested in becoming a queen pegger? Um, I suppose if you're interested in it, maybe start small, like because some people just aren't comfortable with it. And maybe if you have a partner or even like a friend that you are comfortable with maybe try with them first before working with strangers and stuff other than that like I personally like I when I want to try new things I just kind of dive right in like but I know some people aren't as comfortable as that as I am so yeah no that's fair starting starting small for comfortability and and doing it yeah. with people you're comfortable with are definitely big things when it comes to anything with your asshole yeah exactly well, Riley it has been wonderful having you today on the Slutch Mirror podcast. And if you can let all of our sluts know where on socials they can find you to connect further and to see that table of yours. Yeah, for sure. So I'm on TikTok, uh, Riley.Russo, and Instagram, same. I also post on Twitter, but it's not as active as the other ones. And then I have my free OnlyFans, which is Riley Russo, and my paid one as well, which you can find in the description of my free one. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for being here, Riley. Well, thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye. Bye.
It's the end of the show, so time to plug myself and pay some bills. So lube up. If you want to keep the show going and learn more about myself and my empire, you can check more out at professionalgoddess.com. My YouTube, mentorships, ebook series, and everything else is linked in the description of this episode, as always. And remember, every time you leave a five-star review, a slutchpreneur has an orgasm. So keep the big O's coming. Connect with your fellow girl gang in the Sletchpreneur Squad Facebook group at cehose.com. That's cehose.com. You can also just search Professional Goddesses in the Facebook search bar and it should come right up. Plus, we have a Discord chat, which is our triple X chat to help our fellow sluts out. You can get this link through the Facebook group or just shoot me an email. We'll get you in there. And lastly, if you want to get all up inside me, follow my free OnlyFans at Rebecca Blue with two Ks and my explicit page at Rebecca Rabbit. Now, all you have to do is put in OnlyFans.com backslash my username. I also offer shout outs, which can be purchased at RebeccaBlue.com or just private message me on OnlyFans. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as always, refuse to be anything but successful. Go make that money, honey. I'll see you queens next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.